Hey, this is Karen, Coach's Corner Chats, and I'm super excited. This is our first panel discussion that I've ever had. And joining me is Sky Eddie, Greg Winkler, and Don Williams. Uh, let's let them introduce themselves, and then we'll get rocking and rolling. Sky, go ahead and go first. Give us a little background of what you're up to and uh, who you are. Sure. Thanks, Karen. I'm excited to be here. Um, my name is Sky Eddie. I'm the founder of Soccer Parenting. Um, I am a longtime coach. We were just chatting. We've all been coaching over 30 years on this panel. So you've got lots of coaching experience here. Um, I'm a coach educator for US Soccer, United Soccer Coaches. And uh, I founded Soccer Parenting because I'm also a soccer parent and just really been curious about improving the dynamic and the coach-parent relationship. At Soccer Parenting, we believe collaborative relationships with appropriate boundaries, with coaches, clubs, parents, is in the best interest of player development. So that's the road we're down, um, working with clubs, working with coaches, obviously working with thousands of parents around the country and trying to make you soccer better. Uh, Greg, give us a little background on where you're at and what you're up to. I'm, I'm currently in the state of Florida, uh, nice and warm. Um, I coached uh, most of my career in Wisconsin. I ran a uh, club in Fond du Lac, Wisconsin for about 20 years. We had about 2,000 kids. Um, and I coached the high school boys and girls team there. Then we moved down here and I've been at Charlotte High School uh, in Punta Gorda for the last five years. I was the uh, high school boys advocacy chair for United Soccer Coaches uh, for the past eight years. They've now made high school even more important. So they they put Lee Gerald in as a high school uh, full-time position now. So um, I have a strong love for high school soccer. And uh, I just think that the parent topic, I've, I remember I spoke in 2012 at uh, National athletic directors conference about the parent issue back then. Uh, and it, it's not going away. So I, I think that um, I'm sure this will be a good panel. We have some good ideas about how we can change the uh, paradigm with parents. And Don, give us a little bit of insight and background on where you're at. Hi, Don Williams. I'm out in California, uh, California, born and raised. Um, we're just talking, this is my 30th year in coaching, 50th year in soccer. Um, I have coached at almost every level in the country from youth on up to college at, uh, four different levels in college and then uh, short stint coaching pro. Um, so I've seen it all and I've seen it from a parent's perspective, having kids in the system and a kid that played in college and well, he's currently coaching at NC state, but, uh, so I've seen it from a lot of different perspectives and so I was really interested. As soon as you popped up with a topic, I said, oh, yeah, I'm, I'm in. I can, that, that's something I, I know a little bit about uh, from a coach's perspective. And then as a recruiter's perspective with Sports Recruiting USA, we're an invitation-only agency that handles uh, roughly 300 kids from all over the world. So the, the one thing I'm really excited about is I think we've got a great diversity within the panel of like Greg's got all of this coaching. He's written a, a book that I read called The Transformational Coach and just his advocacy and his look on um, beyond just being like a coach that you have to do the whole person type of thing. Um, Sky clearly, you know, I talked to her a couple of weeks ago and she has just a lot of knowledge and things that she's worked through over the past decade or so. Uh, with soccer parenting and Don is just like a wealth of knowledge. 
in terms of all the things that he's seen from a coaching standpoint to being a parent with his son to now kind of just seeing parents dealing with their uh, son or daughter going on to the next level. Um, so the, the first kind of question and I'll throw out is, is why, why is this like, why did this pop up as like discussion number one for me when I threw it out to people, this kind of was the, some of the things I got in DMS and people were like, yeah, let's talk about parents. Um, so sky, why, why is this so important to talk about? Yeah, because, you know, this is this is a topic and an issue and the coach parent relationship, the dynamic, the lack of clarity around the boundaries around this relationship. Um, you know, it's something as coaches that we've all been acutely aware of over time. Uh, we've talked about parents. We, you know, seek seek, uh, you know, support about parent issues that we've had as we've been coaching, especially in the youth game. I mean, it's commonplace issue that nobody's really been adequately addressing. Um you know, when parents get educated, when they get engaged, when they feel like they have some agency and the and uh, the youth sports uh, experience of their child, you know, great things will happen. And parents are so uniquely positioned to make sure that kids are feeling inspired by their experiences. So, you know, why why do we want to engage parents? We want to engage parents because we want players to fall in love with the game. And one of the best paths to doing that is to ensuring is is by ensuring that parents um, are supported adequately through that as well. The other thing I was going to say is, as we're doing this, if you know Don or Greg, as you hear something or feel, just uh, be feel free to just hop right in um, and add on, or you know, kind of bring yours into it. Greg, what what's something else you would kind of add on? Why why talk about coaching and the parent dynamic? I think. Um... I had four boys of my own that came up and played for me from the club level. I think that as a coach, I always took the approach that every single player on my team is like my kid. So I, I tried to like treat every kid how, how I would want my son to be treated by a coach. So even if they weren't a kid that got a lot of playing time for whatever reason, um, and I tried to make sure I kept that as balanced as I could. Uh, but but I wanted to, like, if I'm his parent, if I'm that child's parent, how am I going to respond to that parent after the contest? So so I started thinking even more, like, at the high school level, none of my one of my boys went on to play in college for a little bit. The rest chose careers that sent them to colleges that they weren't going to play, Division One soccer, and they went to those type of schools. So, um so the high school experience was probably going to be it for them. So I want to make sure that my, the parents in my program, that they realize that they are part of our team. And there's so many things that I can't provide that parents can. And if I give them those parameters, like Sky said, if we have some parameters uh, so that they can use their talents to make our high school experience the best possible experience we can have, um, I want them to do that, but, but again, you gotta, you gotta be able to set those boundaries and you gotta be able to, um, have those conversations so that it's an enjoyable experience for everybody. I, I feel like a lot of coaches don't want to coach the parent, but if you want to be successful at the club level or the high school level, they're part of your team. You need to coach them. You need to teach them how you want them to behave on the sidelines how you want them talking to the kids after the game, that all has, it's an educational process. And 
a lot of young coaches don't feel like that that's really important, but their careers would last a lot, lot longer if they emphasize that, I think. Yeah, their careers would last longer. And I think they'd enjoy the process more. What we find with coach education, and Don, I'm sure you've experienced this, it's just like when once coaches feel uh, get some education and some guidance on how to interact with parents, on how to set those boundaries, feel confident about those relationships, then you know, we, we start to see such a better dynamic. Uh, we start to see coach satisfaction improving. And there's like clear research about that. Effective parent engagement programs leads to coach satisfaction. You know, I was thinking leading up to this, you know, what it naturally led me back to when I was a kid, what I remember, and then raising my kids. And uh, look, I came from, from the 60s and 70s when, uh, and even early 80s, when parents generally were just too busy. They were off doing their thing. They were loving their lives. And, and most of us and our friends that played at the high school and college level, we didn't have that many parents even paying attention to us. Even in club, I think my parents maybe saw one or two games. I didn't think about it. My friends didn't think about it. Then this shift happened, and I noticed it uh, when I was raising my kids in the, in the mid uh at the late eighties and, and uh, early nineties and parents, I could see them becoming way more involved than our parents were. Uh, and I've talked to a lot of friends. It seems to be generational across the nation. Uh, parents attitudes about their involvement in their children's lives. Uh, my parents couldn't have been happier that, that they weren't at, our, at my games. They didn't, they didn't care. It wasn't one thing or the other. They signed me up. They did their job. They let the coaches do their thing. And then parents started to become more involved and more involved and more involved. And not just the coaches, not just the volunteers. We always have the natural uh, team moms and team dads and managers and whatever the people that want to be involved. But I feel like there's been a larger number of parents that feel this overwhelming need to be directly involved in their players' lives. And sometimes it can get out of hand and they can become managing and micromanaging. And we know, know we have all kinds of names for that, right? snowplow parents, helicopter parents, whatever we call them. Uh, and uh, I've noticed that dynamic change. And I think we're having, we've been having a difficult time making that adjustment over the past 10, 15 years and it's changed. And then we have the dynamic of everybody's got to get a scholarship. Everybody's good enough to play in college. There's a room, there's a place for everybody in college. All of your kids can play in college if they want to just try hard just, you know, and we list these things that they have to do. And it seems like the love of playing the game has been superseded by this need to get a college scholarship, need to push things forward. And it becomes silly all the way down to the ages of eight, nine, where parents are hiring people to do private trainings with their five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, whatever year old. And why? I just don't understand. And uh, so here we are with a different dynamic now. Then we used to have 15, 20, you know, and certainly pre-iPhone days even. I think that's changed a lot because now social media and what everybody else is doing in the rest of the world is right here in front of me. And I get to compare myself to all of it. As a parent, am I good or bad based on the successes of my children? Why aren't my children doing that? And then from a player's perspective, you know, why isn't that me? I don't understand. I feel like I work hard too. So the dynamic has changed tremendously, and I, I don't know. I feel I, sadly I yeah. feel like Pandora's out of the box. Like we're not <laughs> going to be able to rein this back. back in. 
Yeah, I don't I just, think we're going back. I think, you know, what we yeah. say, these are these are societal issues. I feel like a social scientist sometimes in the work that I'm doing. Yeah. Like, like this is just where society is. This is where society is right now. Um, I think we saw that shift when we went from parent coaches to more paid coaches. We started to shoot, see this professionalization. And it's across all sports. This is not a soccer-specific No, issue. it's not. This is across right. all sports. In, in the states and and i'm seeing these issues pop up globally too in the work that i'm doing in the uk and in europe right now too so it's it's just yes. where things are <laughs> one of the things too when i spoke with sky she talked about this kind of misunderstanding or misnomer where people think that parents are living through their kids mm. could you kind of talk about that a little bit sky because i thought that was really eye-opening for me yeah, I haven't said that again since our conversation, Kieran. And it was something that was so front and center in my mind at that time. And then I kind of forgot about it. I need to write about this because it really impacted me. I was listening to a podcast and it was kind of like I was saying, more like social scientist-y kind of podcast. And I've always really pushed back when anyone uses the term that parents are living vicariously through their children. I, I just, it take, it's something that for me seems offensive. I don't like it when somebody calls me a soccer mom either. Like these, these categories, these assumptions that we make about people don't necessarily help. But this psychologist was talking about this concept of decoupling. And that resonated with me. That felt like something that I had to do as a parent to my children in soccer, in sport, just growing up, like we decouple from our children to let them, you know, expand and find their own path. And uh, while I always push back about the term living vicariously, I think that's making assumptions about parents. Parents are stressed. It's hard raising kids. Being a parent is hard right now. They're not like ill-intentioned living vicariously through their children. But I do think that parents, we, I, all of us need to kind of decouple from our children. And that is, a, I think, a much more productive way to try to explain that, uh, you know, what needs to happen there. Thanks for bringing that up. Oh, you're welcome. It, something, <laughs> it resonated me when I, yeah. when I, yeah. when I heard it. Uh, so clearly like the parent dynamic, it's something that's a part of like positive or negative, however you look at it. Um, and we want to make it a positive. So then the next question is, so everyone knows if you're a coach or if you've ever been on the sideline as a parent at games, behaviors and how they are at practices and all the, and all the things that like Don brought up about, let's start specializing at a young age and start doing these things. So now the question becomes, we know there's maybe, I don't want to call it an issue, but there's a clear break or disconnect between the coach and the uh, parent, like uh, Greg pointed out, a lot of the coaches don't want to do anything with the, it's almost like they're on that side of the fence watching. And it's almost as if it's the great wall of China between the coach and the parents. So now the question is, which I hope we can get some stuff out there is what are some solutions? What are strategies that we can do as a coach to create, like Greg talked about educating and how do we get them to feel like they're, we're on their side, not against them. I'll, I'll start. I think, um, I spend a lot of time at the beginning of the season. I, I, we, over the course of my career, I've created a parent guide. I've stolen things from a lot of different people and put them in my guide. Um, the number one thing that I make sure we do is establish a chain of command. Um, that, and, and I even every year I remind my administrators at the school, the principal, the athletic director, that the way that we're, 
we've been really successful because we use a chain of command. I'm, I'm teaching, coaching high school age kids and even middle school kids. Like they need to start advocating for themselves. So if there's something that's not happening on the field that they wish was, I, I don't want to hear from mommy and daddy about the issue. Okay. I, I won't listen to mom and dad unless the child has come to me first and said, coach, I know that we're not supposed to talk about playing time, but I haven't been playing, you know, whatever. What can, what can you tell me? And then I, then I can have a conversation with that particular player and the things that they need to improve on. Now, if they don't see any improvement and I didn't come through with promises I made and he's talked to his parents about that, then it's okay for them to give me a call and we'll sit down with the child uh, and we'll talk about, because a lot of times it's their behavior, not it's the kid's behavior that's preventing them from success. So mom and dad don't know that side all the time, but I don't want to have that conversation with them unless we've given it an opportunity. But I, I think that the chain of command has been uh, really important. I, another rule is once you give your child to our program, uh, release your child to the game, like release them to me. I'm the only voice on the sideline. You're, you're a parent. Enjoy them. Watch them play. Enjoy their friends playing. So, I, and we have a whole list of things and we go through each one of them every year at our kickoff. Um, and I, and I think it's helped tremendously because we're setting the expectation of what should happen in the crowd. And, 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 and again, I knock on wood, I, I haven't had a parent confrontation in probably over a decade. So, um, you know, simple rules, 24 hour rule, you're going to get mad and email me. I'm not responding for 24 hours to the parent. The child and I might have a chat, but I'm not talking to the parent for 24 hours. So there's a whole bunch of things that have been, that have come out through positive coaches Alliance, probably your soccer parenting thing that a lot of good things that we just have to get on paper and maybe present. Um, they, they need to know your expectation and then you need to follow through. You need to, as a coach, you need to follow through. Don, Sky, you want to add, what What are some other kind of, so he's talking about kind of laying the groundwork preseason. We've got it on paper, uh, kind of starting that conversation. How do you continue that, ball, keeping that ball rolling? What are some other strategies that you have seen? Look, Karen, I've, I've always said to parents, even in my job here, I'm not a magic genie in the bottle where you get to just, you know, pay our company money and then everything's going to magically happen for you without you doing anything from here on out. This is a team, right? And the coach is part of the team. You're, the people you choose to surround yourself with are part of your team. Your friends that you choose to surround yourself with are part of your team. And they're either helping you get to wherever you want to be, whatever you want to do, whatever you're trying to get out of your experience, or they're pulling you the other way. And I think that our, as mentors to kids and as parents, our jobs are to try to help our children see that they surround themselves with a good team that helps them pull the same direction that they're trying to go. So I think a coach is just part of that team. So I always felt as a coach that uh, you can talk to me at any time as a parent, as long as it's appropriate. And just helping them, as Greg was saying, understand what those boundaries are. There's plenty of times where I'm standing around talking to my friend and you come up and we have a gentle conversation about something. And it's it, if that's constant, if our communication is constant, then it doesn't pend up. It doesn't build up. It doesn't boil over. If it's if, we're, if, if we, players and parents constantly know where they're at, 
I did this as best as I could as a college coach and as a club coach. It's constantly, our player meetings generally didn't last that long because my players kind of already knew where they were at. We just keep the communication open. And I think there are, I am seeing this group of, college, of, of club coaches out there, high school coaches, youth coaches, that want to keep this wall and want to keep it separate and don't want to communicate with the parents. And I think that's a mistake. But I think that it has the ground rules, as Greg has said, have to be laid as to the right time and the right place to have these conversations. And certainly after a difficult loss where everything's emotional, uh, coming and screaming at me about why your kid should have played and how your kid would have made the difference and we would have won the game is not appropriate. Right. So I think it's the combination of boundaries. But I also think as coaches, we have to get off our high horses a little bit. We aren't that important. We are a little piece of that kid's life. I'm, I'm thankfully feeling like that dynamic and John, you refer to as that wall that we're seeing that come down much more than we have. Like there's definitely been a shift. There's still a long way to go. Don't get me wrong. I am optimistic by nature, but um, you know, we still have a long way to go as far as this wall is concerned, but we're definitely starting to see more and more coaches come around. And I think you both hit on some really key points. Like one, this isn't hard. Like, like having successful relationships with parents isn't necessarily hard. It's just being reflective as ourselves, as a coach on what we believe to be true about parents. That's what I always start all my coach education about is like, what do you believe to be true about parents? Like diving in a little bit to what we believe. And then just like what your headline here, Kieran says is, putting in solutions or putting in strategies and then following up whatever works for, for the coach and whatever those boundaries happen to be for the coach. There's no like real set necessary rules to this. Um, but more than anything, we have to be consistent in our communication. I, I always say, go with an open heart. Like as coaches, we have to go with an open heart and trust that parents want what's best for their children and that they haven't received the education support and guidance. And we're here to really support them and be, um, you know, be a guiding force for them. But having appropriate boundaries, being clear on setting those boundaries, it's such a confusing relationship as a parent. Even when I'm in the middle of all my soccer parenting, I literally, my heart would start beating fast when I would walk up to my daughter's coach when she's in high school. This is like five years ago. I still would get nervous. And and so like the dynamic of the coach-parent relationship is very confusing. So as coaches, we need to lead. We need to set clear boundaries on when it's appropriate to come and talk to me, when it's not appropriate. And that changes based on who we are as a coach, the age and skill level of the athletes that we're coaching. There's a variety of factors there. But, um, you know, we have a huge opportunity here to really continue to shift this culture. And, um, and I do, though, think that, you know, like I said, that wall is starting to come down a little bit more. I think that um, Don and Sky both mentioned a word a couple times that we we say, but we don't always like elaborate on. And that's just communication. And the key to good relationships are communication. So I make sure that like in our program, we send out a biweekly our biweekly newsletter during the season. We talk about the results, talk about how the team played. There's always a coach's message. We're big on character development. So what trait we're working on that week or what we showed in the grit or resiliency we showed in the last contest. And we, we continue to highlight our message in our, in our newsletter. And then when the off season comes, 
We still continue with a monthly newsletter and it, they, they're not as long just to keep people up to date on what's going on. Maybe somebody did something academically or in another sport uh, and we highlight them. We're always promoting our kids, social media, Facebook messages, Twitter. We do whatever we possibly can to get the, the word out to him. So nobody can say, well, coach told me this and he didn't tell this person that. There's a lot of times in the past where they always used to, I mean, I heard a lot like, oh, that sport's really political. Well, the only reason people thought it was political is because some parents were getting information and others weren't. And when they think that they're not getting the information, then they get mad and then they, well, the coach is talking to your son, but not mine. Like, like it's like, there's a big conspiracy or secrecy there. So like a, like a 17 year old, 16 year old boy could actually communicate appropriately back to the parents. With the coach. Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> so I think communication is huge. I think that's a great point too, that Sky makes is we all know from raising our children that the information that gets shared at school doesn't always make it back or it's like the telephone game where you get bits yeah. and pieces like, oh, yeah, tonight there's a meeting at seven. You're like, well, they, why didn't you say something about it a week ago? Um, the other thing is Don talked about kind of running in and having chats that aren't soccer related. How important is it? Because I found from my experience that parents just want to be heard. So if I get to complain to you, but you at least hear it and then go, I, I hear what you're saying. This is why we did this and this. But how important are seeing them in, you know, we talk about culture building. That's a huge thing um, that people always talk about and they do with their players. Is that something now that we need to start broadening and it needs to be like culture building with the parents almost in a way? Well, I think what's what's really cool about my, our program is we, we are character based. So we have four core values for our program and then we introduce other ones. But but I can have conversations with parents about their child's like study habits, for example. Or uh, maybe there's maybe there's an incident at school that um, that's positive where they showed some some good character trait. You know, they were respectful, they helped some teacher with some whatever, but so not always talking about soccer with them is, is huge. And then when they know that you're trying to make their child a better person, not just a better soccer player, then that opens the door for them to say, hey, coach, I'm having this issue with my son. They know that it's not going to affect them on the field because that's part of his development is we want them to be good citizens of our school and our community. Uh, so and the better they are at that kind of stuff off the field, the better player they're going to be for me on the field. So I, I think when you when you say that you're going to do that kind of stuff and they see that you're doing it, it opens up other avenues of communication. So we're not just talking about, well, he played 15 minutes this game. Uh, how come? You know, it, it's like he played 15 minutes and he contributed and did this. And this is what we've been working on. Like it just opens up a different line of communication. So you're not just this guy that's controlling your son's playing time, their son's or daughter's mm -hmm. playing time. Yeah. And Foundational to our work at soccer parenting is trust. So I think everything that we're talking about is how we establish trust. Like the very first education session I did at the United Soccer Coaches Convention when it was the NSCAA, you know, maybe nine years ago, eight years ago, I stood in front of a room of 400 coaches. It was this huge room. My mic wasn't working. I had to scream. It was a super long room. 
And uh, I was like using my maximum coaching voice, screaming for 45 minutes, it felt like. But I was talking about establishing trust in a coach-parent relationship and how we do that. Like, this is what we're talking about. And in order to be of capacity to establish trust and to lead like that as a coach, we have to trust ourselves and we have to trust uh, our efficacy, our, our, our trust in ourselves to impact the lives of the kids that are in front of us. And really all we're talking about is building relationships. So mm-hmm. if anything, anytime we're truly interested in building a relationship with someone, we have, they have to know that we're truly interested in them and their concerns mm-hmm. and their life it's not a one-way street of I'm just doing this. That's transactional. If we mm-hmm. want to be transformational coaches, we have to truly invest ourselves. And it's more difficult. It's, it's, it's certainly more painful because you make yourself more vulnerable, which means you're going to get hurt more often. Uh, or you're not gonna, always. Or you're but, gonna, it's going to be better. Or you're not. Like, or it like works exactly, out, right? But you're opening like, up yourself up to that. I think that mm-hmm. I think my point was, and because I – Look, at one point in my career, Sky, I love your reaction to that and I, because you're mm-hmm. right. I'm speaking from a personal perspective that at one point in my career, I was a very closed off coach and mm-hmm. I boxed myself in to protect myself and maybe to protect others from myself. Um, but uh, <laughs> and, and then later on, I started to open up and I found it being I was a much more effective coach. It was much more rewarding when I allowed myself to be vulnerable with parents, with players, let them know that I don't have to be perfect. Uh, nobody has to be perfect. It's too much of a, of, a, of a strain on the system for all of us to pretend that we're perfect. Just let things happen more organically, be more open, and build these relationships that we're talking about. And the more that I know somebody, the more I trust somebody. And the more I trust them, the more I'll listen to what they have to say. If we're talking about a strategy, absolutely, Don, exactly. I mean, this is personal growth for us as coaches too, which is why, you know, I think so much, so many of us stay with coaching and love it. Like we grow so much as individuals through these experiences as well. The one thing I say to youth coaches, like if I could just give them one bit of advice, we're talking about strategies to be successful, know the first name of every parent on your team. And if you could say to them, hey, John, good morning. Hey, Don, how's your week been? Uh, how was your business trip? Like, you know, a little bit of something, but if you know their first name, that is just showing respect, establishing trust right there, the parent will feel valued. I feel like we're the Ann Landers of the modern year era. I mean, it's just, look, this is just, this is the stuff we grew up with. This is the common sense stuff. And this is just how you treat people. And I think that so so, social media and our society has changed. And I think yeah. people are a little more curt and a little more, direct and blunt, maybe uh, in real life as well as uh, Mm -hmm. online. So, yeah. 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 Well, I think this is the power that we have to be transformational is to break through that and to impact and, and, you know, our ability to impact families, communities, just through the work that we do in the fields. It's, it's really quite phenomenal, but we do have to be intentional about establishing trust and about those relationships and, um, you know, and engaging and, and, incorporating parents into the work that we're doing. Don's comment about almost staying in a box and you can, I can almost see it like the idea of transformational coach is is like breaking out of that box. Um, And I think like you said, you have to be deliberate with what your efforts are going to be. You're going to have to go to the parents and start kind of like Greg, let's create a meeting where we're all in the same room. We can all start having discussions. Um, And I love the idea of, of starting to learn, like the 
the not just the players' names, but the parents as well. So when you just see him, just a quick like, hey, hi, good to see you, Patty, and then just moving on. Like it doesn't have to be a huge, but just the mm-hmm. fact that you recognize and uh, and are able to do that type of thing. As we kind of wrap this up, um, I do have one question that popped up in the chat, and it's actually for Greg. And let me see if I can get this to show up. Uh, so Ken, Coach Imrine mm-hmm. wanted to know, you mentioned your four core values. What are those four core values? So uh, self-discipline is one of them. Um, the, the one I really like that I got from Steve Kerr, because uh, I'm a big Warriors fan, is joy. I think that our kids yes. have to have joy. Yes. And we've had, we've had games where uh, we've been getting beat at halftime and everybody's mad at each other when you're coming off. And you just change the whole tone of the halftime speech when you just say, why are we playing? And you, and you bring joy back into it. Uh, gratitude is really important. Um, I think that when you're, when you're able to be thankful for the opportunity to play when, when you, it helps with your sportsmanship because there, we get a lot of times where the referees aren't maybe high quality. Um, and, and instead of blaming the referees for, the way things are going in the game, we were we express gratitude for the fact that we have referees tonight. So, I think when you when you when you come with a grateful mind, the and the opportunity to play it changes uh, the dynamic. Uh, let's see what are, what's the other one? This one. <laughs> I got it. I got it right here. <laughs> come on, coach. Yeah. Um, my, <laughs> mindful mindfulness. Yeah, it's the oh, title. We'll, we'll call. We'll, yeah, yeah, title. yeah. So I, I think that um, getting our kids to realize when they're on the field, like they have to be mindful of everybody around them. And soccer is a game where I'm not just on the line and I'm a guard and I'm blocking that guy. I have to know when my right back goes forward and I'm in the midfield and he's going up the field, like we have a hole there. I'm mindful of the gap that we just created. Should he lose the ball? Or I'm mindful of the space he's taking, like just, just being able to be aware of all those things on the field, but then again, and off, you know, like um, my behavior in school reflects on the team. So my, um, my academics reflect on the team. So there's a, a lot of things, a lot, a lot of things for that. So I think mindfulness, uh, being aware is, is really important as well. So as we wrap this thing up, I just wanted to just anything that maybe was on your mind that maybe didn't get said or anything, any final thoughts about like, this is a great start, but like as Sky knows, she's a decade into this and is still looking to make improvements. Like she, the education has gotten better. She's learned a ton about, you know, she talked about relationships and how well, there's, there's research out there about things. What's some other things that maybe just a final, just a bow that we could put on this thing. Sky, go ahead and you can start us and then we'll yeah. finish up. Well, something I was thinking as Greg was speaking and Greg, you were talking about how you do the, weekly newsletter and the this and the that, I think it's really important. Something I always say to coaches is just do what you say you're going to do. So for me, when I'm coaching, I can promise you, and I will tell straight out to all my parents, you will not get a weekly email from me because <laughs> I, I don't want to say that I will do that because I know that it will be too hard for me to follow through. And so then the trust won't be there. 
So set really clear expectations for what the parents can expect of you and create those expectations around what is actually doable for you based on your schedule, your family, your time, your personality, um, whatever that might be. So for me, I do, because I'm coaching right now at the younger level and this works really well, I do these quick, what we call pregame huddles. I do a five-minute parent meeting, two-minute parent meeting, no conversation from parents, but me talking to them, in the final phase of warm up, we do it on the sideline. Uh, this is my main interaction time. And that is what works for me. So find whatever works for you would be my one of my final thoughts. And just, and it does not have to be rocket science. It does not have to be robust. Just come up with a communication strategy for the season and commit yourself to it. And then see what happens in terms of the level of stress that you feel. And my final two statements are kind of connected are, like really be thoughtful as coaches on the assumptions that we're making about the way parents are feeling. Because what I find is that a lot of times our assumptions are misguided because of the stress that we are personally feeling as coaches, the frustration that we're feeling about maybe the performance the team have had, or maybe we've been burned by parents in the past and we're assuming that these parents will feel like another parent did three years ago, whatever that might be. I would just say, to really, really, really try not to have predisposed ideas to what the parents are feeling in front of you. And to just, last thought, always my last thought, I've already said it tonight, go with an open heart. Like when we open up our hearts, when we act a little vulnerable, when we go out there and we really try to connect on a real quality level, it improves our lives, it improves the lives of the parents, it brings the families closer together, and of course, it improves the lives of the players that are in front of us. So. That would be how I would wrap it up. Don, what would be your your final thought? I'm not even going to try. That that was so good. <laughs> I'm, just, I hear you. I'm just enjoying. I should have held it off. The ass. That's, a, that's a good way to wrap it up. Oh. I think. Uh, to, like that. I th I think to uh, again go off of sky. Uh, walk the talk. Like if if you say you're going to do it, then you're going to do it. And I think. Over time, over 30 years, um, people that have been in my program, um, they know that if if this situation happens, this is the way it's going to be handled. It doesn't matter if the person's the leading scorer or uh, very seldom gets on the field. Like We're going to be consistent, and it doesn't matter your role on the team. The rules are for everybody. Um, but I would say one thing I think that I, I started doing two years ago uh, because of Positive Coaching Alliance, is at the end of the game, is we have a player huddle at the end of the game, regardless of the score. We don't talk about, we don't really talk about what happened in the game uh, because we save that for the next day. Because if it's, a, if it's a loss and people are heated, it doesn't help. But we always give out a man of the match, but everybody has a man of the match. So PCA says, look at the other things that, you want to emphasize on your team. I, I want to emphasize the hard worker so we give a dirty shirt award. I want to emphasize the kid that's the unsung hero so we give a silver spoke award. And then our big thing, especially this year, we had we had a pretty uh, devastating hurricane and it, it affected the beginning of our season. So our whole theme this year was lift them up. So we want our players to lift each other up on the field. So we give a lift them up. And that that's coming from the team. Like who is the person out there that, was really being positive, whether they're on the bench, helping the bench get into the game or they're in the field and they're, you know, 
you made a, you missed a shot. And instead of yelling at you, they're pumping you up. Like we recognize those things. So five players leave that, that game with something positive and the team reestablished our values or what we're working on. And then, you know, we'll deal with the other stuff, the, the next practice. That's what, why I have practice for. So I think, uh, again, be consistent, walk the talk, just like Sky said. This chat has been, has exceeded my expectations. And I really, really want to thank you three, Don, Sky, and Greg, for taking the time to share some of your insight in this parent dynamic. And like I said, this is just the start. And hopefully this will bring some much needed kind of insight and kind of continue to get others to start thinking like Don was talking about, let's get outside that box. Let's be a little vulnerable. Um, and like you said, Sky, let's open our hearts um, and what have you. But I thank you all, and we'll shut this thing down. This is Karen with Coach's Corner Chats, talking coaching and the parent dynamic. And I'm out. Peace. Thank you. Thank Thanks, you. guys. Karen. What a great chat. Thanks for checking it out. If you haven't done so already, follow us on Twitter at Coaches Let's Chat. Hit that subscribe button. And once again, if you get a chance, drop a review. It's super, super helpful for growing the podcast. Have a good one. Peace.